Hello, Rip City. To all of you here in town and in every corner of the interwebs, thank you for tuning in. We hope you're enjoying this beautiful Sunday, the 7th of April. You are listening to Pod on Trailcasters. I am Keith Feltner Smith, and here with me, not the daring, the dashing, the beautiful, and the bold Brandon Golner. He is out today in Eugene running a half marathon like we were just speaking about. But today, in his place, I have Austin Caphammer joining me from Peeps and Plaid. Did I did I pronounce that last name right, bro? You you absolutely did, my friend. Okay. Absolutely cool. did. <laughs> I actually I feel like uh, your co-host Christian might have been more of an issue. I, I tell me how to pronounce his name before I butcher that one. You know, honestly, your guess might be as good as mine, but I'm thinking Gamillan. Gamillan. <laughs> okay, cool. Gamillan. Take that. <laughs> I just pr- pronounce it so fast that it, nobody else can really, you know, understand it. Yeah, just flow it together. That's how most of the NBA names work too, right? Like the Compo. We were doing this the other week too. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anyway, so get all the contacts out of the way at Trailcasters on Twitter, Facebook, and IG. You can also write us email emails at Trailcasters at gmail.com. Also, we have our own website now. Did you know, Austin? We have all of our own stuff posted at Trailcasters.com, right? And you can find all of our pods every week. And you know when we eventually get back to those two weeks. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. I believe a couple of other sources now, but I don't want to quote it yet. And the biggest thing, as always, is getting us those <laughs> because that helps with more listeners and more more listeners means more fun. Austin from the Peeps and Plaid podcast. Thank you for joining us all the way from down there in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you were, uh, I guess that's the, the real resume. Uh, Peeps and Plaid from down in Phoenix with Christian Gamelin. And uh-huh. you were saying you were doing business com for school. Is that right? Business yes, sir. All right. Yes, sir. Well, there we go. Uh, please check out their, their pod, Peeps and Plaid. I was back there, what, on the 13th episode a little while ago? Yes. Yes. Lucky number 13. Mm-hmm. I'll take that. All right, so today we'll be talking about last week's games, the Blazers lineups in the post-CJ, post-Nurk era, and I don't know how much of the post-CJ era is going to be a thing, uh, the Bosnian billboard, as well as the final games of the regular season and the playoff season, and of course, much, much more. But first, a few more things to get to here. Obviously, it is no longer March. I said April 7th is uh, is today's date. That means that our summer vacation content, uh, donation a raffle that we had going on is no longer available. Did you hear about this on any of our last episodes? I can't say. I've been living under a rock. No, you're all good, man. We kind of ramble through this in a bunch uh, in the beginning, but we had a raffle going. We are raising. I told you you'd hear more about half uh, half marathons. Brandon is doing his out in Eugene with Cassie right now. But later in August, Brandon, my wife, and I are all doing Hood to Coast. Uh, oh and so, man! Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm. I can't say I'm looking forward to it, but I'm not not looking forward to it either. It's it's going to be a grueling race, but it's fun. Are you doing raffles? You're doing raffles, man. You need to be starting a. Uh, uh, oh man, I, I don't even know. One of those crowdsourcing campaigns for like a, a week long foot massage or something. <laughs> after you guys have done that. Get like some kickstarters in there or something. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think we're gonna we're gonna get the money together. We are trying to raise a thousand dollars per contestant essentially. So I think that adds up to twelve grand overall. And we are raising this money for the Providence Cancer Institute. What we were doing for March is we had a Sun River vacation home, four days, three nights stay out there, and for every twenty. $25 donation they gave us uh, for the Providence Cancer Institute, each $25 increment was counted as a raffle ticket. So that will get raffled off soon. Uh, and we're going to have more contests coming up throughout the next couple months to raise money for uh, Providence Cancer Institute, uh, including Brent and I. Whoever raised more money between us, if he raises more than I do, I have to shave my beard. And if I raise more than him, he is cutting off his hair. <laughs> okay. Wow. You definitely got the better half of that. <laughs> hey, there. don't tell him that. <laughs> oh, I mean, what? No. Yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm with you. I was trying to get him to grow out his beard to get like the, uh, the kind of the, uh, what's like the Shakespearean kind of thing. He's got the Shakespearean stash and goatee going. Maybe a little bit bare on the sides. Doesn't have this full thing going. You gotta get a, all the. 
Maybe do a whole episode in, in kind of that uh, Shakespearean English as well, you know? Oh, that's a good one. Maybe tie that one in there. I like that. But yeah, I feel like even me cutting the beard, maybe I'm kind of pulling one over a little bit because this thing grows back in like less than a month's time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have I have that same problem. I have a neared problem. My my neck beard will will do a similar thing. <laughs> I've heard neck beard. I hadn't heard neared. I like that. So well, that's cool, man. You guys uh, you guys are definitely uh, they they say that some people pave the roads, some people drive on them, and you guys are certainly paving some roads in terms of uh, the amateur broadcasting here in Portland. And, uh, <laughs> we we hope to uh, drive on those same roads here uh, at some point. Well, thank you, man. No, you guys are doing awesome, and I know you're. Uh, what is it? 15 or 16 episodes in now? 15 episodes. We just dropped our 15th episode uh, yeah. last night. We covered games uh, from the 22nd of March um, until um, the game right before this Denver game, so the Memphis game. And unfortunately, nice. we did release right after that uh, Denver game, but, you know, uh, we don't want to talk about that loss. No, no, no of course not. Look, there's <laughs> lots to talk about. We'll, we'll go over all the uh, the last week's games in a minute. Luckily, we've already covered a lot of the, the injury news, but we'll get to some of the post-injury news in a second, too. I do want to bring up one more thing. We mentioned you down in Phoenix, and obviously I have some history down there as well as listeners may have heard. Uh, but if you have heard of our buddies, Envy Adventures, Corey and his crew over at Envy Adventures, they are a Portland-based uh, flight, mostly tours company, but they've even started doing some uh, sh- uh, short-range charters. So maybe next time when we have you on the show here, once we have like our studio established and back here in the office, we can get you chartered up to town, bring you up to Portland oh. for a game. Use that neckbeard for the weather it's intended, you know, instead of yes. the nice Phoenix sun. Yes, yes. <laughs> Even in, even in July in, in Portland. Yeah, even in July in Portland, you can take it. Right now, it's pretty rainy out. Uh, despite the rain, though, you can still get on with Envy Adventures uh, for some flights, some scenes around town, go and visit the gorge, see Mountain Peak, see the city itself, all starting around 99 bucks per flight for a four-seater. These guys are open seven days a week, 8 to 10 p.m. Uh, you can find their booking and save on fees over at EnvyAdventures.com. That is E-N-V-I Adventures.com. All right, I believe that is enough kissing babies and shaking hands, as you put it earlier. Let's get first things first in here. You mentioned your last pod covered the end of March going into April here. How about the way Dame started April? He starts out uh, with Player of the Week for the first time Uh this season. Uh, His seventh overall Player of the Week, I believe, is what I saw. But uh, for the week ending in March 31st, Lillard averaged 25.3 points, 5.8 rebounds, and 7.3 assists as the Blazers go 3-1. We took down Brooklyn at home, Chicago on the road, Atlanta on the road, and lost the rematch to Detroit, but that was the second night of a back-to-back. Uh, final game on the road after a long season. I felt I wasn't too worried about that one loss, especially when it came with Lillard getting this Player of the Week award. He also had his 20th 30-point uh, 10 assist game, passing Drexler for most in the franchise. Yeah, and you know, the uh, last time I checked as well, uh, the Blazers were 16th in the league defensively on basketball reference, uh, and and I think we were listed third uh, offensively. Um and nice. I think we're averaging like a 116, uh, something around there. So anytime the Blazers find themselves in kind of a low-scoring endeavor, it is, you know, not it's never impossible, right? But it's 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 tough. It's tough. That's just not our game. They, you know, they say you always want to play your game. You don't want to play the other team's game. And I think that um, looking back at that Detroit game, we were we were kind of playing Detroit's game. Yeah, well, that, it was playing Detroit's game. It was also a pretty ugly game overall, I think, from both yes. teams. Uh, same way we'd seen from Detroit earlier. And, and you know, it's 
we definitely don't do as well in the low scoring affairs, but I think our net rating, you mentioned mm-hmm. the, uh, the mm-hmm. offense and defense. I believe our net rating since the Ulster break has been top yeah. five, if not even top three for yeah. most, the, most mm-hmm. of the run here so far. Yeah, and you, and you know, it uh, helps. You know, it helps. You know, you said it's, it was kind of a sloppy game for both teams, but it always helps when you have Andre Drummond just leading the league in, in rebounds, I believe, this past couple seasons. Um, uh, you know, right. th- that's an easy way to, to come out on top in a sloppy game. Yeah, Andre, his his value's been crazy, man. I felt like only maybe two years ago he was literally one of these players that was going to demand uh, a huge, huge kind of respect. And it's not that he isn't a quality player, but I feel like he really has kind of fallen off, especially even having Blake Griffin next to him. I don't really feel like they are the threat that you would have thought those two names would have uh, really kind of instilled only a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, I love I love that front court pairing though. It's funny uh, oh, yeah. not to get too sidetracked, but I saw on the jump there was, and who knows how much of this was just clickbait, but there was a, a gentleman uh, talking with, I believe it was uh, Jalen Rose about um, Zion potentially being one of the better fives in the NBA, and Jalen was just cracking Whoa. up. He was like, <laughs> he's like, no, no, and and the guy even backtracked a little bit and said, oh well, well, he, he won't start at the five, but he'll finish games at the five, and it's like, look, man, guys like Andre Drummond, Zion might be a transcendent talent at the four but guys Andre Drummond that's that's just that he's not yeah. gonna go up against guys like that I think at a certain point despite the weight and all this is just a matter of size I feel like yeah well you know what the that guy is probably talking about too is kind of the way that Golden State has gone with the death lineup the mm-hmm. small ball mm-hmm. lineup to really kind of like punch through with the offense but mm-hmm. you know you can't really say that's the way every team is going we've seen great success uh before Nurk went down with his injury obviously yeah. uh, great success here pairing Nurk and Kenner together we've seen similar things in OKC in past mm-hmm. years uh these are all old games though I do want to talk about this last last week's three games before I uh before we get to that though let me cram a few more things in here just because we have so much to talk about mm-hmm. with the end of the season coming up uh you know so dame started april with uh, the player of the week uh trailcasters we started a little fresh as well brandon designed us a new logo have you seen this we went, went a little uh a little what? more colorful Hold on. Yeah. i'm opening i'm opening up their your twitter account right now <laughs> it was, you know we had the old one was a little more kind of like uniform and straight across formal graphic uh, and we had a little more fun with this guy and i gotta be honest when i first when he and i were first going over the drafts i was looking for something a little more graphic oriented like a, a, a backboard a hoop or something to work with there and he had he had this design set out and we went with it and right off the bat someone made a Gilgan's Island reference I think almost maybe trying to throw some shade our way uh you know from from friends but I love it like that really honestly the Gilgan's Island reference sold it to me maybe I'm kind of putting the cart before the horse Dude, here too do you see it yet I do see that and uh this thing is this thing is beautiful um <laughs> I really like it that's uh that's that's uh it's 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 very portlandy it's you know yeah, it's very it's, crisp. It's it's a little artsy. It's simple. It's uh, I mean, every everyone, including ourselves, we seem to always kind of force in the the pinwheel. But this thing is that's original. I like it. And well, you know, you're, you're, you're too kind. And well, yeah, you know, you guys even have this. I'm looking at this kind of almost uh, the Twitter app. You needed to be the icon logo, like the full the full little uh, headline banner you guys had here as well. This thing is. I'm gonna retweet that right now. Okay, you know what? You know what? This I, I love the love that you're spreading here, but also Brandon is still he's missing today. We can't give him too much credit for this or too much yeah. respect. Brandon, the, the the logo it may be beautiful, but but gosh, you should have. Uh, ah, damn it, no, it's good. I like it. I'm enjoying <laughs> it. <laughs> All right, one other pre note before we get into the games. Uh, I just saw this today, actually. Some uh, so current events here. Brooke Olsendam shared on Twitter that last night Coach Stotts attended his childhood best friend's art show over at the Schaefer Fine Art Gallery here in Portland and a surprise guest showed up after seeing Stotts through the storefront window. That surprise guest, 
Coach Mike Malone of the Denver Nuggets. So just kind of cool. I, I just like this kind of story, man. These guys, first of all, the idea that Stotts is at his childhood best friend's art gallery. Just the respect and the love there that he's showing, despite being in the middle of ending, you know, a pretty raucous season, pretty uh, thick run so far at this point. And so for Mike Malone, coach of the opponents, to just kind of see him through the window while he's here in town and for them to kind of share some nice moments in there. And it, it's uh, the NBA family, the NBA Twitter family as well, but just the NBA family in general. It's inclusive. We are we are all friends despite the competition, despite the opponents and the, the you know the, the trash talk and all the rest of it. This just I, I wish we'd see more of this and I think this is a good kind of message to lead with. And he's got a nice little glass of red in his hand too, I see. Yep. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's a nice that helps that helps in the relaxing process. Big part of having fun. Cheers. <laughs> All right, so finally getting to last week's games because we still have so much more to go through. We started out at Minnesota, 132-122 to victory for Portland. This was a fat game. Did you watch this one? You know, man, uh, I'd be lying if I said I was able to catch it uh, live. I was able to catch some highlights, but just coming down the wire here in my last four weeks of college, it's oh, been yeah. crazy. It's been crazy. Oh, um, no, look, no apologies necessary, dude. We, uh, we've, like other people have heard us talk about on the show here too, we've been trying to go two episodes a week for a while now. We got a few in when we first made the decision to do this. Uh-huh. And then as the spring kind of comes on, my job has picked up. Brandon has been flying in and out of town. And obviously the Blazers schedule has been pretty thick as well. Uh-huh. It's hard to catch every game. It's, but, uh, it's, it's not, it's not required to, uh, to see every second of every game right. you know, as much as we try to highlights are a good thing. Uh, I, I, I can also say as well, I took some heavy notes on this one because I was sitting at home with the DVR. I was able to go back and forth, back and forth the whole way. So I, I analyzed the crap out of this, I guess. It sounds, it sounds like uh, like Cat, just from what my the reviews I did do, it sounds like Cat was, was um, contained. Uh, not, you know, he still had himself a, a you know, he, he's still always going to be there and you have to account for him almost like a, like a, a perennial all-star all uh, or all, uh, oh, yeah. all league wide receiver, you know, in the NFL, they're going to draw, they're going to draw two defensive backs. So, but you know, we contained him. It sounds like. Yeah, no, we, we certainly did contain him, and more than even that, we just we were fairly unstoppable, at least for the, the start of the game, too. We started out, I think, 20 of our first 22 points were in the paint, and this is against Minnesota. You know, Ooh. this team is supposed to be, uh, supposedly fairly uh, fairly defensive uh, as far as in the paint. I, I don't really know how their perimeter defense goes, but I feel like their reputation stands for the paint shouldn't be so easy for us to mm-hmm. get inside. Uh, but it was working. Like uh, Collins was playing well. We had Myers and Cantor all getting early, early minutes, early production out of it. Uh, one thing that I love, though, Brandon, towards the end of this game, well, actually, let's not skip over. We can't skip over Evan Turner. He had his first... Uh, Triple double off the bench, uh, his first I think in four years, and it was to the day like April first four years ago, and then April first this year. Uh, That's pretty his, wild, right? Just like, and and what better player for that to be like the lucky day for? But April Fool's Day, right, Evan? <laughs> yeah, I loved his I loved his comments uh, regarding his his uh, preferred um, first round matchup. I mean, he's trying to. Did you see those? No. What did he say? They said, the "Well, I, Evan, you got to you got a place you're preferring to, to land here." And he said, "Well, you know, the Clippers Clippers would be nice. I'd be able to go to to L.A. and get my sexy on and wear my wear my <laughs> my my silk my silk shirts or something like that." And I was like, oh man, this is this is the most ET statement right there. 
Of course, he wants his first round matchup to be wherever he can have the most fun when he's off the court. He has some other good lines too, though, man. He's talking about like uh, might as well get his name ready for up in the rafters here. Although that might have actually been comments after his second triple double, which oh, he yeah. got the next uh, the next game on Wednesday. Uh, we were playing Memphis here in town. Actually, let me kind of crisscross back and forth. Brandon uh, Brandon Goldner at Goldner PDX. He tweeted after the first game with Dame struggling, no Nurk and no CJ. E take ET gets a damn triple double. Canner gets the double-double with four blocks. Curry goes for 19. Myers is 4-4. And the Blazers are one win away from 50 on the season. Unreal. Mm-hmm. And I love all that. I, you know, it's, it's all great marks that Brennan brought up. You can't hate it. But mm-hmm. since when is Dame struggling? Yeah, they, you know, and I think, honestly, if I had to speculate as to why that might be, um, he's playing a style that, don't get me wrong, he's always been a, self, a selfless player. But I don't know if we've ever seen him be this selfless and this effective uh, assist wise and it's got to be difficult to navigate those different those extremely opposing styles of play because we've also seen him come out and have games like against Atlanta on the 29th where he's just like this is me this is me (laughs) I'm gonna get my buckets yeah everybody uh you know Stay out of the paint. Um, yeah. And <laughs> so it's. I would imagine that there's going to be games here where, first and foremost, I think him and, and Nurkic were top three, if not, I think, second in the league in pick and roll uh, and baskets assisted upon. Yeah. So that's got to be like having not only your best friend off, one of your best friends off the court, but... Uh, man, system best friend uh, on yeah, the court the missing. Fit. Yeah, so... Not only is he is he missing his kind of uh, sidekick, he's missing his you know CJ, which is definitely still going to affect his game a, a bit, um, and he's he's playing a style of play that we haven't really seen him play before. So when these other guys are off uh, and he tries to maybe make that transition back in, I'd imagine that uh, sometimes it's it just uh, it's just something that he's uh, unfamiliar unfamiliar grounds. Yeah, I I can I hear what you're saying. I just I wanted to rag on Brandon a bit for that whole Dame is struggling garbage. I mean, again, we just talked about right before this game, he's coming off Player of the Week. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm I'm not giving Brandon too much credit for that one. But ET was the big focus, getting the triple double off the bench, uh, f- and then I think yeah. So the next game, Memphis here at home on Wednesday, one sixteen to eighty nine victory. ET gets his second triple double, thirteen points, twelve rebounds, eleven assists, back to back triple doubles off the bench, the first time in NBA history. And I think they said back to back triple doubles for the first time since Drexler so again E.T. just just killing it just having a having a game having a time yeah. for himself and this is when he made those comments uh, with Brooke in the post game about yeah I'm just gonna start eyeing the rafters or you know, <laughs> getting things ready for putting my number up there well and I think another <laughs> super uh, important stat that was in tandem with that was was his efficiency uh, efficiency efficient there we go fishy uh, fish yeah he was fishing um, efficiency uh, yeah every let's just put it this way every every uh, shot he cast he he managed to pull something back um <laughs> nice this, one <laughs> zing um, very efficiency <laughs> yes um he was i mean i think in collectively in the two games he only missed like three four shots max on like the uh nearly 20 that he had taken um yeah. so he that's 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 pretty unheard of and then the only other thing i'd, I'd want to note on that is back to stots and the nba family um I love just watching Stotts as he came off the floor, you know? Not only was he, like, you know, smiling and, and, and dapping up Evan, but he was, like, pointing down the bench. I saw him point down the bench yep, before he yep. even got back. Like, if any of you are performing like that, best believe I'll let you get the triple-double. Like, right, I'm, right. I'm a player's coach, and uh, I, 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 I let's just hope that he, he remains our, our coach for years to come. 
Yeah, I'm I'm 100% still in that boat. I think uh, it's going to be testing the in the playoffs this year because we have the injured roster. But mm. no matter what the roster looks like, if we underperform as a team, you are going to hear questions coming yeah. back about Stotts. And mm. you know, I think as many uh, Trailcasters listeners have heard us say before, the blame should probably be a little more squarely squarely on Olshay's shoulders in assembling the roster. Mm. But you know, th- that blame is going to get passed around, and mm. you got to kind of fear for him a little bit. But I'm with you. I hope his job is secure. I don't think there's any reason for it not to. Mm-hmm. Even uh, let's you know let's let's cover this this loss uh, the other night in Denver because we do have a game coming up today the mm-hmm. rematch but Friday night we were up in the Mile High City a very close game very tight game very good game in my opinion overall there yep. was some uh, there was some questionable things here and there I always love to blame the officials hashtag fix the refs hashtag fix the NBA yep. but uh, Portland did walk away. Uh, what, 110 to 119 with the loss, or 109, 119? I can't remember if it was a 9 or 10 point loss in the end. Uh, but we played a solid game. It was, we were missing Seth Curry. He had left to be a soreness. Uh, obviously, uh, CJ and Nurk were still out. But despite all that, uh, Tim A from Blazers Edge, if you ever Absolutely. follow him on Twitter, he said, Portland showed they could go toe-to-toe in Denver while missing two core players and Lillard having an off game. They just need to find a way to take the rematch. And lo and behold, here comes the rematch for today, right? And we heard that uh, Denver is resting a bunch of their players. We'll get to that in a second, too. But I do want to mention about this game in Denver on Friday. Blazers passed their franchise record for three-pointers made in a season. They made 865, uh-huh. or they hit the 865 mark that night. Uh, I don't know if that was the final tally or uh-huh. if there were a few more after that point. But passing the franchise record for three-pointers made, and Dame has 532 or more assists now, his own single-season record. So, again, we are playing at top level, uh-huh. just top-tier play for our team, despite missing two of our three best players. I'm uh, really... I'm I'm really hoping that we find a way to hold on to Seth. Um, I I, I just think a lot of it that that helps a lot. Um, And you know, I don't I I try not to be a hater, but um, in our most recent episode, we do we do talk about um, well, I talk about my feelings towards like Alfaru Camino, great guy, uh, off the court, on the court. Um, solid defender. Um, but I think adding pieces, low cost pieces like Seth Curry and maybe just slowly, um, removing guys, uh, like chief, um, are, is going to continue to have those statistics rise. Um, I'm thankful for everything he's done for our team. Um, but I think that, you know, adding Rodney hood, adding these caliber of players, um, we're in a different age nowadays and we need guys that are going to sink it. And yeah, we've seen games uh, where he can do it, but yeah. What do you think? Okay. Hold on. Perfect. I'm going to pause recording real quick. If you want to do the same. All right. Well, I don't know. I'm not really exactly sure how much I think Farouk himself is a huge burden as far as the contract stuff goes. We have a couple others that are higher salary numbers, but, you know, those are, I think everyone knows exactly who, what players we're talking about mm-hmm. with that. And obviously, E.T., you can't hate on his contract too much with the way he's playing right now. But to be clear, his price is pretty much double, or maybe even a little more than double Farouk's at this point. I do want to talk about, though, that was a great segue by you, by the way, uh, the lineups that we're dealing with now. Post-CJ, and post Nurk, although, again, we will talk more about CJ's potential return later today. Uh, even if he does return today, he's not necessarily going to be 100%, right? So we still have to be talking about lineups uh, that can be effective and productive without CJ or Nurk being involved. What we've seen in recent games, Dame and 
uh, Rodney Hood as the starting guards, Moen Chief on the wing, and then Cantor at center. Seems pretty obvious, right? Um, do you have any disagreement as far as Rodney Hood over Jake mm-hmm. Lehman at shooting guard or maybe Rodney Hood over Seth Curry, since you were talking about him as well as maybe a piece we'd write, like to hold on to? Yeah, actually, in our, in, our, in our most recent episode, we talked about the possibility of uh, maybe kind of taking Seth off the bench. First and foremost, I want to say that we should, even if CJ is available uh, for tonight's game, uh, if we were actually playing the uh, Denver right. Nuggets and not the resting Denver Nuggets, then I would then I would say, yeah, let's get an accurate picture if he's doing well and he's not forcing his recovery, which it sounds like he hasn't been. Um, but given the situation uh, I would honestly prefer that we didn't play him uh, this tonight um, and in that case I would like to see the lineup of Dame Seth at the two Rodney at the three uh, Mo at the four and then really? Ennis at the five. Oh man you, yeah. your chief hate is that strong well I I wouldn't I would just say not even so much chief hate as much as Seth success okay okay um I think that he brings something to us that uh, we don't necessarily see um, out of out of our typical lineup, which is every single person consistently hitting the three. You know, Chief has his games. Chief has had games where it's like, wow, no other guy on our roster could do this right now. Right. He, no other guy could uh, defend LeBron and then uh, come back and, and drain a couple threes uh, on the wing. But that's not always the same guy we get. Um, and as of late, it seems that Seth is there every time, and when he is, we win statistically. Yeah, no. I, what are we now? Like nineteen and one when Seth scores in double digits or something like that. Dude, I remember when it was nine and zero oh, when it was. Yeah. I think I think <laughs> nine points or more, and I was just like, this is this is dumb. This is not going to continue. And, and it gets to I mean, nineteen and zero. Oh. Yeah, here we are, right? Right. So well, okay, I mean, yeah. I do got to say, our, our guest last week was Team Mom, so I just got to give her a shout out and show some mm-hmm. respect. And you know, she might kind of disagree with you on some of the chief stuff, but I hear what mm-hmm. you're saying as far as when he's on, he's mm-hmm. that player of like, yeah, how could we want anyone else? But the consistency isn't always there for him or for Mo Harkless. Although yeah. again, we've seen a lot of good stuff from Mo recently. He had mm-hmm. that uh, in the game against Denver in Denver the other night. He had kind of that tie style headband going, like what we saw from Wesley Matthews, like the kind of the mm-hmm. Karate Kid thing, like tied behind the head. Uh, I, I, they were trying to act like he had, I guess, had some line uh, in the locker room saying, oh, yeah, I just couldn't find my regular headband, so this is all we had. It's like, hold up. Not only was he wearing it, but I think Gary Trent Jr. on the bent also had a similar wrapped headband, and we saw Wesley with it the other week. You can't tell me this isn't just some new yeah, NBA trend. Yeah, yeah. Well, and he's also the one who's, uh, you know, hanging from the rims and kicking things karate style. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah there you go. The headband works with the, the, the kick block. Yes. Call that. Okay, so you're saying Dame, as far as lineups, right? Uh-huh. Dame, Seth, uh, Hood, Mo, Cantor. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know. I like Dame and Hood uh, as the guards. I think Hood having that extra length is something we've kind of missed in Portland, not having uh, a guard with a little more reach on yeah. them. Our, our guards, especially with Dame and CJ this era, they've been fairly diminutive. Even the backups like mm-hmm. Seth Curry and like um, Shabazz Napier before him. Gosh, mm-hmm. I almost forgot his name. That felt, that felt horrible. Wow. Uh, but Seth coming off the bench next to E.T., I think the three-point shooting you're talking about, his consistency and his threat from there almost makes up for E.T.'s lack of threat from there. And it kind of yeah. enables E.T. to really work more the way we've been seeing him do. And obviously, that's working pretty well with the back-to-back mm-hmm. triple-doubles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I, I can definitely see that. Um, and, I mean, at that point, if, if you – I mean, I, I, I wasn't really too forward thinking, and, and I mean that's 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 my lineup. My as just thinking of a ideal starting lineup, but like you said, there's consequences to that on the back end. So I mean, in that case, you would have 
you'd have E.T., you'd have, um, I don't even, I mean, who's, Zach hasn't really been showing up too much uh, for us. I mean. Zach hasn't shown up huge, but at the same time, with Cantor starting, I feel like one thing that we have started to see is in the same way that maybe Seth covers for E.T.'s lack of three-point shooting, mm -hmm. Zach covers for Cantor's lack of defense really yeah. well. Like, yeah. even before Cantor was starting, I kind of, I feel like I've mentioned before in other episodes that Zach's real, uh, his real spot on defense doesn't seem to be maybe the starting center defense because he just doesn't have the size or the bulk mm -hmm. yet, but his help defense is something else, man. He yeah. has the speed and reaction time to come over from the other side of the paint and block shots. Uh, how about this, though? Okay, we're talking about the lineups, and even if you and I kind of see who starts a little differently, mm -hmm. the way they rotate in and out could be the big thing, too. Mm -hmm. the, way I, the way I had it with... Um, with Damon Hood, Moe, and Chief and Cantor starting. So what we've seen so far uh, in the post-Nert games. If you bring Jake in first, that gives you the maximum kind of wing power between he and Moe and Chief playing together and having lots of threats out there. Mm -hmm. Then Collins comes in next. He plays next to Cantor, so that kind of helps the defense like I was talking about. Yeah. And then you bring in Seth Curry for Rodney Hood. So now you've got the lineup you're talking about where you have Dame, uh, Curry, and either Jake, Moe, or Chief as the mm -hmm. you know, two of those three on the wings uh, and Cantor playing in the center. And then, of yeah. course, Myers uh, comes in last for Canner, as we've seen recently. He's been getting first quarter minutes, man. He's making it work, too. He's hitting his shots. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I'll, I'll only touch on this briefly, but one thing I haven't really seen is Jake and Mo on the floor at the same time. Um, and they have two yeah, pretty right. they have two pretty opposing styles, you know, like Jake Jake, albeit a slasher, can spread the floor. And Mo kind of just hovers for those offensive boards. I would be mm. interested, not not necessarily as a starting lineup, but you know, if uh, if matchups permit, I'd be interested to see how that uh, that would play out. Because it seems as though there's been a narrative that those two guys can't play on the floor together, and I'm not really sure why. I'm not sure either. I. I... They do have different skill sets, but honestly, maybe the problem is just too much overlap as far as uh, the wing yeah. cutter, the guy who can be a three-point threat, a defensive player, and that cutting to the hoop. Uh, th that They definitely have similar enough games, I think, that maybe with how sparse that skill set is on the Blazers, you just kind of need to spread them out to keep someone on the floor that can do that. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, because those kind of cuts, man, that threat there is a huge part of what allows our guards to get into the middle and kind of what opens up three-point shooters as well. Yeah, yeah. I would say that Mo has kind of changed his style a bit, though, here recently. Yeah, yeah, he's not shooting those threes as often. No, no. Yeah, so who knows? I guess we'll see. Uh, Stotts is kind of the the guru in, in that regard of testing some new lineup, so maybe we will yeah. see that. Yeah, we, I'm sure we'll see some time for all of it. We'll see how it goes going forward for these last couple of games. Before we get on to next week's games, though, I do want to touch on one more thing. The Bosnian billboard. Do you know what I'm referring to with this? I do. I do. Um, yes. You know, I, 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 you know I, my, most of my focus has been drawn towards the, uh, the quilt idea and whatnot, but uh, I had very briefly uh, seen that billboard going up. And, um, you know, what a, what a great city for a player to recover, recover in. Help me out if you can. I can't remember which uh, Blazer Twitter account I saw that had kind of like really started oh, this funding. I, she, sorry, I'm not, she, she has <laughs> a, uh, no, it's all right. Uh, she has the, uh, the Abbey of, of Dame with the white backdrop. Um, Blazers quilt. I can't Twitter. remember exactly what it was, but basically, yeah, besides the, the quilt and the billboard, I heard they had raised, uh, earlier this week, I heard they had raised $11,000 uh -huh. to get this going. It's going to uh -huh. go up on Widler and Victoria. It's two blocks away from the Rose Garden. It uh, starts tomorrow, April 8th, and it'll be up for four weeks. Did you find who it was? 
I did. Uh, so the account's going to be long story longer. Yes. Um, yeah. So that's a shout great out to re- them. Shout out, shout out to them, and that's actually a really great account to follow if you guys aren't uh, already. Definitely uh, some wholesome content, uh, and definitely a good following to followers ratio that I can certainly not say for for our account. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, shout out to them for sure, man. It's, it's an awesome story the way they've gotten that going. The quilt and the billboard. Uh, quick other notes on the billboard, too. They had Hadzonius, uh, which translates to Our Boss, uh, and then Volimote, which I believe translates to We Love You. Uh, so can you just... Good good, good effort, man. Good good work by the uh, Blazer Faithful. Collabro the other night, too, when they were talking about this on the game, uh, he asked, so is he the Bosnian boss? And so now we've gone from the Bosnian beast to then when Nurk got hit in the face, it was the Bosnian beak, and now we have the Bosnian boss on the Bosnian billboard. I know it's just alliteration, but alliteration is fun, especially with uh, B. It's a good he's, he's one of those players man before he got injured i think even in that brooklyn game I was, he, he took a pretty bad shot to the nose which is yep. i mean that's nothing news no, nothing new uh, nothing, nothing nobody knows um <laughs> <laughs> but he if there's one player i would say needs to just go ahead and get and make the make the 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 shift to the mask man if he could find a yeah, way to, right? to still i mean because it hurts it hurts to watch man he, he takes a decent shot every single game to that nose. for real yeah it seems like almost every game i've been waiting on finding someone that's gonna say they've been tracking these stats all season i'm sure it's got to be out there somewhere no. we have all these advanced stats now we've got to be able to find out how many times he's been hit in the face he's got to be leading the league <laughs> at this point uh so at nurk though I heard this one mentioned too, and I thought this was kind of an interesting take just to touch on before we talk about the games. Dame is obviously more than just a player to the city. Dame has a huge role off the court, what he's been doing. We've had other players in the past. Wesley Matthews still to this day means a ton to fans. We have lots of uh, former ex- uh, former and former ex-Blazers, there's like double negative there. Uh, lots of former Blazers who are just uh, huge to Portland and will always have a spot in our hearts here. Joel Prisbilla, I got a shirt signed by him uh, right here in my neighborhood. Uh, like the Vanilla Gorilla! <laughs> uh, I love that guy. But Nurk, though, people have been bringing this up on Twitter, and I don't know if they're wrong. Is Nurk the most lovable Blazer that we've ever had? Man. Because he's like, he's all sorts of gregarious, right? He's a super nice guy. Dame's the most respected, I would say. But there could be a difference. Like, I'm not arguing with uh-huh. you either. Dame is the uh-huh. most respected for what he does on and off. But uh-huh. Nurk, just as far as, like, he's got this kind of boyish charm. He's yeah. he's like a happy puppy, honestly. Like, he's yes. always, even when he's getting hit in the face, even when he's getting called for the foul, the swagger he walks around with, man, and there's always a bit of that kind of crooked smile. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, they, they said when he first went down that other game, uh, I can't remember if it was. Yes. Uh, no, you know, it was actually the day after when I was watching, like, national coverage of it. They're like, it was Rachel Nichols on the jump when she was just kind of reviewing his whole injury and what it meant to what it meant to the city. She was like, this is the kind of player that you hate to play against and love to have on your team. And I usually fancy myself as being pretty objective and noticing those guys in the NBA and being like, well, even if that guy was on our team, I would recognize how other teams might feel. <laughs> but right. Nurk, Nurk is so lovable when he's on your team, It's I can't even be objective with him. Right. It's just like, I don't know how anyone could hate this guy. I, I don't it's know. crazy to think back to like the the whole history he came to Portland with from Denver. The yeah. history of kind of this idea of like that he didn't have motivation, he wasn't ready to work, he was whiny. Uh-huh. And I mean, you can maybe see where some of that could have spawned from. Uh-huh. Uh, but 
I think as he's getting older, possibly, as he's kind of grown into this, as he's really finding his spot next to Dame, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if, if Twitter people are wrong as far as saying he could be the most lovable blazer we've had. I think yeah. he just really loves the city, really fits uh, what we have here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I would I would say Dame Dame most respected um, and, and Nurk most lovable. Okay, so moving on to the games for this week, including the one that will be starting up in only a short while. I want to quickly go through this uh, this week's games and then talk about playoff seeding because that's going to be kind of the, the big thing before we go to break here. Uh, first things first, the game against Denver tonight here in Portland. Is CJ back? We've heard Jason Quick report the other day that uh, Blazers announced that CJ McCollum was probable for Sunday's game against Denver. He hadn't played since uh, straining the left knee Poplitius or Poplitius uh, since March 16th. Which way are you going on the pronunciation? Uh, Carnitas? I don't know. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, so CJ, coming back from his... Uh, Poplitius strain. Uh, he could probably he could be probable tonight. Seth Curry also listed as probable after having the uh, leg soreness or knee soreness the other day. Then, as a follow up, Jared Kelly, friend of the show, shout out to him. He said on Twitter, "This doesn't necessarily mean that he'll be starting. We'll find out closer to game time." But interesting to note that on the notes that Trailblazers just sent out for today's game against Denver, CJ McCollum is listed as the starting shooting guard. So not just like probable, but they're putting him to that starting lineup. And where and where um, I'm kind of really reflecting my amateur status here, but where are you able to locate those game day notes? You know, Jared uh, Jared Cowley, he works with KGW, I believe. Oh God, I'm, I'm gonna feel horrible if I got that job uh, job quote wrong. Uh, but no, I, so he's a uh, actually That's some insider information. The three-on-three podcast, Jared and a couple of his buddies, uh, it is kind of a cool, like, all these guys work in the industry a little more so than some of us amateurs mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Are, are pretending to be broadcasters over here. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Jared's a great guy, and I, w- I wonder if maybe that is kind of maybe a little more privy information or not. But, you know, turn to Trailcasters for all of your insider scoops here. Yeah. We got the friends. <laughs> How do you and feel tra- about and, the game, and, and, and tune in to the Peeps and Plaid for all the recycled scoops. No, I'm just Yes. <laughs> we'll pass it right along. No problem, bro. So, uh, I'm sorry. Question, so this, question. This game against uh, Denver tonight, the rematch after Friday's game, it went so close on Friday despite missing Seth Curry uh, and, and everything else. And so now we're hearing as well, Denver is resting their squad for tonight. We're basically going to get the second and third stringers for Denver. This is probably moved from their perspective because they have separated themselves uh, in the in the, the playoff chase or the seeding chase at this point a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh Nuggets are now, let's see here, a game and a half ahead of the Rockets in third and three games ahead of us in fourth. So they probably don't feel like they need to be uh, worried about their seed anymore, so they're resting their stars for that sense. It's not necessarily an insult to Portland, mm-hmm. but doesn't it kind of feel like that after we just had the, the game against them in Denver yeah, on Friday? It kind of it feels like you're playing Hold'em with somebody and they just won the pot, <laughs> and then they're just <laughs> yes. like, all right, guys, i got to be up early. You remember I'm a poker guy. That was a great reference. <laughs> yeah, man. It does. It does feel a little bit like, come on. Like, we wanted the rematch here. We wanted this in Portland. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, I had a buddy uh, who had second 200-level uh, uh, tickets to this game tonight. And he, he couldn't go. He's asking if I want to take him uh, for a small price. And, I, dude, if I wasn't so broke right now, I would have been there. I uh, uh. would have been there for the game tonight, especially with just the idea that, like, well, man, you know, I want to see this rematch. And now that Denver is kind of sitting there, guys, uh. I want to be there even more because I would just love to see that victory. I feel like the, I feel like this is ours yeah. for the taking. We can do yeah. this. Yeah, and you know I'm looking at the standings right now. Um, we need to win this game 
not yes. so much for our first round uh, home home seating because don't get me wrong it's gonna be a it's gonna be a, f- a hard fought battle against the Jazz regardless and it would be nice to if if we do in fact end up uh, facing them um, but. <sighs> And I've looked at we looked at the Rockets' uh, remaining games here not too long ago. The odds of them falling uh, much further are, are, are well, slim to none. I don't mean to cut you off. Mm-hmm. Let's get to the. I want to get to the standings in one sec, but okay. let's do just a quick thing on uh, the the Denver game today, the game in L.A. on Tuesday, and the game against Sacramento here on Wednesday, mm-hmm. wrapping out the regular season. How do you think we do across these last three games? Then we'll get to the playoffs. Uh, I think I think we. I think we win all three. I think we win all three. Take them um, all. Win out. Yeah, I think we do. I love it. Um, uh, and I think I think that can occur with or without CJ. Okay. Okay. I like that. Well, which one worries you the most? Um. Uh, honestly, the Kings. The honestly, Kings on the Wednesday? Kings. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Lakers are just as good as cooked. Um, and I think the Kings are are a team that forces not just one or two guys to play uh, all 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 minutes of the game there but every single guy on that team is young fast moving and it's going to force guys like uh, Rodney Hood and uh, and Myers and all these guys to just even Collie Stein you know that's a fast moving center um, so it, it's going to force everyone to be engaged and I just hope that we finish on a strong note with them I think that's those are valid points, man. I'm going to be at the game on Wednesday. I'm going to be there closing out the season with my wife and my parents again. Uh, this has been kind of our tradition is getting the home openers and the, the home closers and obviously some games in between. But I'm looking forward to that game. I think I agree with you as far as basketball competition. I don't want to look past this Denver game today. Even resting some of the guys, I feel like this still could be a worry because there's no guarantee that the Blazers are going to play the way they did on Friday. Yeah. But... Sacramento is still a hungry team. They're a young, athletic, quick team that I think could definitely – they're not looking for a playoff spot at this point, but they could just be the upset. Like, they could they could just be that team at the end of the season to throw a monkey wrench in our plans. But mm-hmm. honestly, the trip down to L.A. – so right now we're at home against Denver tonight. We're going to be down in L.A. on Tuesday. Probably means they're heading out tomorrow to L.A. Mm-hmm. and then coming back home uh, for Wednesday in Sacramento. So I feel like, honestly – I'm almost worried about just this last road trip of the season. I want the guys focused. I want them like playing at their top game. And I feel like that trip to LA is kind of like a trip to Miami where they talk about on the road, where this kind of puts you at a disadvantage and the Lakers, I know they don't have anything to play for at this point, but these are also a bunch of young players. I don't know what their contract situations are, but it's totally possible. Some of them are playing to make an impression and a player trying to make an impression is a player who might be going a little too hard, a little too strong. And as we've seen, that's when injuries happen. So I'm a little nervous about that game Tuesday, that road trip game down there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think my, uh, my Lakers bias is bleeding through to my my (laughs) predictions. I'm cool with that, man. Here's the daily reminder that the Blazers have a better record than the Lakers. I'll take it. All right. So, uh, we will be right back with some more Trailcasters. We'll be talking about the playoff season here. But first, I wanted to bring in a word about one of our sponsors, Clearly Speaking. Have you heard of these guys on any of our past pods? Our friend Brendan Nuckton over at Clearly Speaking? Clearly Speaking, uh, I have not. Yeah, and you can tell that I need to go and talk to her because even at this point, we've been, what, podcasting for 50 minutes, and my tongue is slowing down, man. I just don't have... <laughs> been doing this, what, near... T- near- 
two years now, and I just don't have quite the endurance. There's there really is. You don't give the broadcasters credit for what they do, game in, game out. Oh but man, this is not this is not a just a, an easy pass. But if you are a lawyer, a doctor, a podcaster, a teacher, a minister, a sales professional, anyone else who uses their voice on a regular basis, or if even if you are just wanting to, uh, to be better at public speaking, also if you have a, an accent that maybe you're trying to work down a little bit so uh, you don't stand out as much, nothing wrong with an accent. I'm not saying that at all, but it is something that people come in for. You should go and talk to our friend Brenda Nocton, one of our OG listeners over at Clearly Speaking. She's a licensed speech pathologist, and you can find her over at clearlyspeakingoregon.com. That is clearlyspeakingoregon.com. Go and check her out today. All right, coming back in here. Quickly, before we get to the playoff seating, I just want to pump one more time our Hood to Coast team. We are the Wu-Tang Vans dream. And that is obviously, you know, <laughs> I, <laughs> now hold on. <laughs> okay, you're oh, getting it. Man. Austin, how old are you, bro? 22, but old 22. enough to know. Old enough to know. There we go. <laughs> oh, our, we, we have two Vans. It's the Wu-Tang Van Dream 1 and 2. Uh, that is our Hood to Coast team. And we are raising money for the Providence Cancer Institute. <laughs> Stay with me, bro. Stay with me. <laughs> we no longer have that raffle for the Sun Verification, but we do have a contest going on between Brandon and I about shaving my beard versus him shaving his head. And I think we all know who we want to see. I think a bald Brandon is way more interesting than a babyface kid. Keith, would you agree? I would concur. Are, are you still stuck on the Wu-Tang dream? Uh, I, Wu -Tang I can't dream? get over it. You know, <laughs> a little bit of, uh, 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 of self-obsession here. My fantasy uh, team, that the league that I'm currently involved with Christian in, uh, get ready for this. Are you an Office fan by any chance? Oh, totally. Um, it's Stotts Tots. Ah, nice. <laughs> That's good, dude. I like it. I need to get back on fantasy ball, dude. I missed this year. Uh, no, no, you don't. just got busy and didn't do it. No, I don't. <laughs> it's, 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 that's, I tell you what, man, the only other fantasy experience I had was in, in an NFL fantasy. And this is just a whole nother animal, man. We need to get a podcast league going next year. Like get Ooh. a bunch of podcasters to all do a fantasy league together. That'd be I'm with that. so much fun. Okay, I'm cool. With that. We should do that. Okay, we'll get that going. Uh, today though, that is down the road. We will get back to that. Uh, and I want to get actually here one more thing. The Wu Tang Van Dream dash rules everything around me. Boom. Oh my God! No, <laughs> no. Oh, the dad jokes, man. I'm gonna be rolling the whole way down. If I'm not running, I'm gonna be in the van just just pumping the tunes. It's gonna be great. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> all right, That's... so. That is down the road, though. The, the Hood to Coast run, raising money for the Providence Cancer Institute. That is still uh, mid-August. So you have several months to please help us raise funds. It's for a great cause. We'll have more raffles coming up, more prizes to give away uh, to help with it. But I hope for any of you that got in on that Sun Verification that you have bad luck because I have my own entries in there and I want to win that. Okay, so for today, though, seating. Back to the playoff seating. So let me set this up a little bit. I know you have some uh, some things to say as far as predictions and kind of who you're already looking at. True Blazer fan, one of our other friends on Twitter, points out Denver is reportedly, uh, well, reportedly, like, like we said already, resting Millsap, Murray tomorrow night. They probably want Portland in the third seed and Houston fourth. So they are probably hoping Portland wins out like we said, and Houston loses their season finale against the Thunder, which would make Denver second, Portland third, Houston fourth. 
Jason Peterson, then, another one of our friends on Twitter, mentions that if you want Portland versus San Antonio in the first round, today's Thunder versus Minnesota game, which I think is just about over right now, uh, is huge. If you want OKC to lo- you want OKC to lose today and beat Houston on Tuesday, then San Antonio's last two games against Cleveland and Dallas should both be wins. And if Portland wins out, that would make us a third seed, San Antonio the sixth seed. Now, you, uh, uh, Austin, you mentioned Utah. If we want Utah in the first round... We want OKC to have beat Minnesota today, then Houston to beat OKC on Tuesday, ending the season, and that would make Portland the fourth seed with Utah the fifth. Mm-hmm. So all the numbers and all the complicated math aside, since all that can change every single day through like four or five different patterns, sounds like you were saying you want who? Utah or the Clippers? No, where, where no. Are you going? I mean, ideally, we'd, we would end up without Utah. Um, especially Not with, with Utah. But, you know, I, I was just saying, if we if we do end up with them, which is already a matchup, you know, we don't necessarily favor. Um, the, we just want to retain uh, home home court um, because there's a there's a very good chance that OKC could upset one of these top three seeds, um, depending on who they're matched up with. And if if Utah was already concerned, OKC going, we didn't win. We didn't win one in the, in the season series, did we? Yeah. No, we didn't win any against OKC this year, but we swept them the year before. So it's it's a weird. I mean, like it's. Yeah. I don't know. Obviously, they are looking a lot better this year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've kind of had our struggles with them. Honestly, I think some of the games we played them on were schedule losses. But I don't want to get into all that right now. Anyway, uh, but we. I think we both agree. The Thunder are the least favorite matchup of these four major possibilities, which are, for everyone's reminder, mm-hmm. the Utah Jazz, the LA Clippers, the OKC Thunder, and the San Antonio Spurs. Mm-hmm. Those are the guys that we are most likely facing the first round. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think, I mean, I think the Clippers would be the best matchup because playoff with Marcus Aldridge doesn't matter if he's got a, if he's coming into this uh, arena with a cane, he's still going to show up. <laughs> That's fair, man. Uh, although there has been some interesting stuff with the Blazers and, and Lamarcus Aldridge this year, as far as him openly stating that he wants to come back here and finish his career, possibly. Yeah, and it's such a weird issue. I don't really know that that whole thing. Again, we won't stick on this too long, but just how would you feel as a Spurs fan if one, if your star player? Is like he's got two years left on his contract, and he said he wants. He's already planning his exit. I mean, I think that uh, I would feel as a Spurs fan, as I had already begin to feel, uh, being that Pop is on his way out. Um, it sounds like one of their two star players wants to be on his way out. It sounds like Demar Derozan didn't really want to be there to begin with. Um, however, I. I would love to come back and listen to this recording two to three years from now when Lonnie Walker is putting on a show. Um, <laughs> they got they got okay. some guys down there. They're young guys down there. I am I am very envious of uh, and and really look forward to seeing uh, them develop. And I think I think Murray has been injured the yeah. majority of the season and he's yeah, he's supposed Jean to put Murray's on for good. them. So they have a lot to be hopeful for, but it's gonna be different. It's not gonna be the same Spurs. All right, so forgetting the Spurs though, as far as the matchups for us, the Blazers. It's pretty unlikely we're we're not climbing to second at this point. We have we have mm-hmm. lost that matchup with the Nuggets. We're three solid games behind. There's just not enough basketball left in the regular mm-hmm. season. The Rockets are a game and a half ahead in third place, and they're playing the, the they're playing the Suns without Devin Booker tonight at four. <laughs> and yeah, I think they don't they don't even have the three games left in the season like we do. They are uh, maybe just two or mm-hmm. tonight's not their last game, right? They got one uh, they got they got Suns tonight, and then I got uh, they got OKC uh, I believe two nights from now. So honestly. For us to climb into the third seed and face the sixth is uh, going to be a pretty uh, a pretty daunting task. I feel like at this point, despite yeah. you know again we could get into all of the matchup numbers and everything specific like Jason Peterson has pointed out uh, and like a true Blazer fan as well. But 
overall, I think a lot of that is is wishing for everything to fall into place. We know it doesn't usually work that way. Most likely, Blazers end up in the fourth seed, and we will, we will be facing either. The Jazz or the Clippers, because I don't think Thunder are going to necessarily... Well, I guess they're not that far back either. And yeah. against Spurs. Okay, so it's any of those four, but we'll be, it'll be a 4-5 or five matchup, I think, is the point I'm trying to get to. I put out a listener poll right before we started recording this episode. So it was a short window, but we had 24 people write in. 79% of them, and so what is that, 19 people, <laughs> said they want the Clippers as the matchup. So yep. 19 out of 24 of our listeners said Clippers. Uh, then we had, I guess, two people saying Utah, two saying Spurs, and one saying OKC. Yeah. Pretty, I know you are that one, weren't you? You, you were that OKC vote. <laughs> Honestly, I, I didn't get a chance to uh, to throw it and throw my own hat in the ring there, but um, I think that that's a, a pretty accurate general consensus of, of how most, uh, most Blazers fans are, are feeling. Yeah, I think 80% saying the Clippers are the best matchup. Uh, It is crazy because the Clippers, as they've traded away their stars, they seem to have done just as well or better. Mm -hmm. And I think we are kind of maybe discounting. Well, look, they won't be so good in the playoffs. You can't get that far without some star power. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a a fairly common trope in the NBA as far as you look at the teams and whoever has the best players – are, is the team that's going to win, whoever has no. the top player, and especially the top two. Mm-hmm. At this point, I think if you looked on paper, there's not much of a question that the Blazers have the best two, maybe three players uh, between us and the Clippers, but mm-hmm. now we've lost... If, even if we haven't lost CJ at 100%, we've lost... Or, sorry, even if we haven't lost CJ, we've lost him maybe at 100%. He's not going to be... Yeah. 100% CJ in the first round, and we certainly mm-hmm. have lost Nurk. He's not coming back. Yeah. So can we and- still count... Can we still count on, on being that far ahead of the Clippers? You think is it still that easy of a matchup for us? Or I would say I would say uh, an unmentioned uh, topic is also Gallinari. I, I and not just because he's on my fantasy team, um, <coughs> but uh, he he was he wasn't active, I believe, in the last game that we had, and he just kind of presents a matchup against our wings. I think yes, Mo, he where he's at right now, uh, would 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 be able to contain him, but he just he kind of uh, is a silent killer when he comes into Portland at times. Yeah, he's uh, he's been a tough uh, matchup for us in the in years past. He's a wing that tends to play that three, maybe kind of going in towards more of the stretch four at this point in his career. Mm-hmm. But he's got more mass than our our guys. Yeah, uh, our guys do. Excuse me, and he knows how to, how to throw that around. So I don't know if. I like that that we are so unified as far as saying 80% of our 24 votes wanted the Clippers matchup, but I just don't know if I'm 80% confident that we would beat the Clippers in the first round. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say just as confident as as we could be, uh, if not more, regarding the other matchups, though. You know, Cantor on Gobert is not something I want to see, something we're probably (laughs) likely to see. Um, DeMar DeRozan... DeMar DeRozan let's, let's on Seth. Let's go with the Utah one real quick, though. Just, you know, because, yeah, just let's look at the other ones to break this down before we move on. Uh, I do agree. Clippers are probably the easiest matchup on paper, but mm-hmm. they're scrappy. They're a tough team. We've seen problems mm-hmm. with this team before against the Blazers roster that we have right now. Mm-hmm. Utah, they do have Gobert, but he's a defensive talent more than an offensive one. I'm not saying he's bad on offense, but I'm just saying if his defense is working against Cantor's offense, I don't know if his offense on the other end really swings that matchup that far in their end. And obviously in the backcourt, missing CJ is going to be a problem for us. But Donovan Mitchell hasn't quite been the Donovan Mitchell that everyone thought he would be at this point in his career. And one could make the argument that, uh, you know, obviously we're a better team with Nurk, but in terms of the specific matchup with the Jazz, one could make the argument that we'll have to be a little bit more perimeter dominant. um, Uh, So maybe maybe better suited now. 
Yes, that that could that could maybe be a, a benefit to us. But Joe Ingles, you can't you can't knock that guy. He's he plays pretty uh, impeccable defense um, at that wing. So that um, guy looks less like an NBA player than almost anyone else in the league. It's insane. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe maybe the one of the only guys who looks less like an NBA player than Joe Ingles is uh, Jokic. That dude, yes. I, don't, I don't know how he hasn't gotten in better shape. <laughs> okay, so the other matchup though, the Spurs. You're talking about DeRozan, and we've talked about Aldridge. Other than that, they've got a lot of young talent, a lot mm-hmm. of guys who they've had a lot of injured players as well. I don't know if I would be that uh, worried about that matchup, honestly. I, I, I think I feel better than them. Uh, at, I'm not not quite as comfortable with Spurs as Clippers, but if the Spurs, more so than Utah. If they go with a lineup, and I, I, I obviously haven't uh, been watching too many Spurs games this year, but um, if they go with a lineup of Gay at the three, uh, DeMar at the two, and uh, Aldridge at the four, and I mean, I think Berton's at the five, and uh, like Forbes at, at the one, um, that will be tough. Because like you had said, and, and, and that's where it's going to be important for us to explore that option with Rodney at the two, um, because that's going to yeah. be a guy that can kind of uh, go both ways in terms of defending someone like uh, DeMar DeRozan at the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has the length to do it and kind of the, the switchability, right? Yeah. Okay, uh, well. Uh, yeah. If they put him at the three, that's kind of a different, that's a, that's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, well, okay. Well, we will see how that goes. I, I do think that the Clippers are certainly the ideal matchup for us for now. Uh, but I will be watching all the games this week. I know that, you know, it's a little tougher maybe down there in Phoenix. Uh, actually, let me just point this out real quick, too. I feel like uh, part of the Blazers, uh, their their nice streak going here at the end has kind of come in correlation with uh, some really nice fortune and luck that I've had from friends. In the last couple of weeks, a couple of weeks ago, I had an ex-coworker who now works at a kind of a, a, a book refurbish, a refurbished book deposit. He found a VHS tape of a documentary in 1991 that they did on the Blazers after the 1990 season and kind of wow. showing them trying to chase the dream. So I don't have a VHS player, but a cool kind of piece of old Blazers lore. Then the next day, you see this jersey I'm wearing here? This kind of old school oh, yeah. Blazers thing on? A buddy of mine that I work with now... Uh, I don't want to get him in trouble or anything, so I don't want to say too much. But he used to work for the Blazers back in the mid-90s. This is a worn Blazers practice jersey. It's reversible. It's like white and red on the other side. What? A worn jersey by uh, D'Antonio Wingfield, who I don't know if you know all of your old rosters, but he was a uh, 6'8", 258-pound small forward or power forward. And so Mm -hmm. as you can see, this is an XXL. It's a big-ass jersey. That's a lovely dress you have there. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, so again, I got a VHS tape the other day. Then my my coworker finds this and says, "Hey, you're the Blazer guy. You, would you like? How would you like to have this? Uh, you know, actual Blazers practice jersey." And so I'm wearing this for all the games now. <laughs> it's like my lucky piece. And then uh, Goldner, with him being down in Eugene this weekend for the marathon. He asked me to go feed his cat, Zora. Shout out to Zora, one of the future's uh, Trollcasters <laughs> pet podcast hosts. Uh, <laughs> Meow. But uh, Brandon, when I was over there, he uh, he left me among a few, you know just a few nice treats and you know things to say thank you to a friend. He left me a beautiful Bob Gross basketball card. Oh my goodness! So so Brandon has always been the guy with the the card collection, but he certainly has done some nice things. Give me a sheet and a Gross card here and there for like kind of expanding my collection. But I feel like all the blazer, uh, the the memorabilia and the lore, I've been like hoarding this stuff in, and I feel like it's maybe <laughs> helping the run here at the end. Yeah, but mostly. Mostly, I just want to kind of, uh, I'm using this as a segue and a lead-in for talking about how 
uh, the troll couches, we, we keep trying to get back to the two episodes a week thing and it hasn't been happening. We've been, you know, things get busy, like we said earlier, uh, jobs and real lives and all that kind of stuff beyond basketball. But I am working on turning my storage closet back into an office and all of this awesome Blazers lore and memorabilia stuff. I'm going to get up there and like just have a full on kind of Jalen and Jacoby inspired uh, studio background. You know what I mean? I like just have Blazers lore from top to bottom for it. And yeah, I just I had to give shout out to my buddies for for the sweet jersey and the and Absolutely. the. Did you happen? Holder. Did you happen to see the uh, the gentleman? Uh, I believe he's actually in Australia, who is like the hyper Damian Lillard fan, who had every single jersey and like yeah, every single shoe, <laughs> like every picture. Dude, that guy I was like, hats off to you, man. That's next Dude, level stuff right there. You know, he'd be a good podcast guest. I feel like he'd be a fun guy to get, get talking about. Although I wonder if he would just turn into a kind of a thing of him wanting to talk about his collection. I'm not yeah. sure how far. Who I'm knows? <laughs> Are you out there, guy? Are you listening? <laughs> that'd be awesome. If we can get some listeners out in Australia, that'd be fucking groundbreaking. Excuse me. <laughs> anyway, uh, I was just trying to get back to uh, the idea that, yes, we will get back to two episodes a week. Eventually it will happen. Probably not in the regular season here. We'll see how playoffs go. Things are still pretty busy, but we'll get it in there. Uh, and Austin, Thank you for coming on this episode today. We really appreciate it. Uh, obviously, always come back on. Uh, you're always welcome back on the pod whenever you can make it. But if listeners wanted to reach out to you on social media, what is the best way to reach out to you and the Peeps in Plaid podcast? Absolutely. Uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Peeps in Plaid, at Peeps in Plaid. You can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, all that jazz. And we appreciate you having me on. Uh, Brandon, what the heck, man? When are you coming on? <laughs> What's going on? We gotta wait until you shave your hair or something, get more aerodynamic, and you know. yeah. See, really, it's gonna come out that Brandon has just been a, a secret friend that I made up this whole time. Like he's just been like my co-host of me doing a voice on the other side. Oh <laughs> man, he, he always takes his time off. Look, I am crazy enough to do it. It could happen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> No one is listening to this. And I won't admit that I do that for Christian. (laughs) Well, thank you, listeners. And remember, you can write us at any time about anything, preferably Blazers, but we will take all questions, all comers. Keep an eye out for that midweek episode, please. It's extra content for you because we love what we do and we hope that you do too. You can always talk to us on on IG, Facebook, and Twitter at Trailcasters. You can find me at RipCityKeith, Brandon at GoldenPDX, and... Uh, Austin at Peeps and Plaid or do you want to give the other one or absolutely yeah Peeps yeah my, my personal is going to be uh, let me double check here dude, dude, dude. <laughs> it's A Cap Hammer so uh, Alpha K-A-P-H-A-M-M-E-R also find us at trailcasters at gmail.com or go to our website trailcasters.com and if you find our podcast on iTunes Google Play Stitcher any of those services or the other ones that we may be on that I don't really know yet please give us those five stars and that always helps us to find more listeners and more listeners means more fun you can also find these wonderful beats that you'll be hearing right now uh, by Odar at soundcloud.com slash Odar Beats please always support your local beat makers thank you to Envy Adventures and to Clearly Speaking and that's it that's our show in closing your honor- honorable listeners thank you to Austin for joining me thank you to Odar for the fat beats thank you to our sponsors Envy Adventures and Clearly Speaking and thank you listeners for a great listening we hope you enjoy your Blazers your Rip City Basketball and our latest episode. Thank you one more time and please come back for the next edition of the Trailcasters. Trailcasters.